ABA podcast. We're your hosts, Andrea and Alejandra Alvarado. Today we're going to be talking about the 1985 hit film, The Breakfast Club. Um, this is a movie about a group of teens who have Saturday detention for eight hours. Um, throughout this detention, they form strong bonds with one another and they become friends. This movie is a John Hughes movie. It was set in Illinois and focuses around character archetypes. So these characters are personally very special to me because <laughs> because they're so unique and so different. But somehow over the course of like a whole movie, they become friends. Now, whether or not they're going to become friends after it's all said and done... I don't know, because it doesn't tell you. But that's up to the imagination, right? You know, people can change. And I think that's something that's very special about this movie. So now we're going to go over a few of the characters. And then after that, we'll get into everybody's favorite segment, Twin Talk. All right. So we're going to start with Mr. Vernon. Mr. Vernon is the person who is in charge of Saturday detention. Um, He has a deep distrust of the students who attend his Saturday detention. Um, he is a very mean person. He's often, like, threatening his students, especially um, John Bender, who he dislikes <coughs> immensely. Um, like, for example, he makes he makes a threat, and then he says... You think anybody is going to take your word over mine? Let's find out how tough you are. He also reads confidential files aloud to other people. And he has, like, he just does not care about their well-being or their privacy. He so. might be a teacher, but he might be a principal. Uh, that's just how much of a gray character he is. Yeah. <laughs> they don't even tell you what his official title is. But I guess that doesn't matter, huh? Um, so our next character is John Bender. You may have seen him plastered around um, t-shirts and stuff. He's a very common archetype, a very common character. Long, shaggy hair, jean jacket, mismatched shoes. Uh, he is He has a really bad home life. His father is both physically and emotionally abusive, and as a result, he always tries to defend himself before he gets hurt. He's sort of sarcastic and snarky, but he also has a lot of issues. That's something that all of the characters in this uh, movie really have, uh, which is really interesting. So throughout the course of the movie, he makes sexist remarks towards another character, is disrespectful towards authority figures, and just doesn't know when to shut up. <laughs> uh, but over the course of the movie, he causes a commotion to save the crew. And, you know, that's something that I really like about him, you know? You've only known these people for a handful of hours, and already you're willing to get in trouble for them. Yeah. And this would have been, like, a horrible punishment. Because solely through making remarks to uh, 
this authority figure, Mr. Vernon, he had amassed two months worth of detention. So on top of that, he's not only is he risking like everything to save his new friends, you know, it's like he could get into some serious trouble with this guy who hates him. Uh, so I think that really shows that even though he has kind of a hard exterior, he he's really fond of his new friends. Our third character is Andrew Clark, who is a jock and has a temper. He's also a people pleaser, and throughout the course of the movie, we it's revealed that he tries to get people to open up, and he's ignored by his parents. He was in there in the first place because he tortured a kid and wanted to think, wanted his dad to think that he was cool. His dad is super strict and expects like 200%. And as a result, he can't really think for himself. Um, I'd like to add on that um, throughout the course of the movie, I think he is one of the characters who is the most uh, vulnerable with this new friend group. Uh, he openly cries about you know, his tough home life and all the stress that he's under and the pressure that he feels to be the best that he can be solely because his father wants him to. Um, so I think he is, he's definitely the one who is more vulnerable with his friend group. Um, second only to like Brian Johnson, who is our next character. Um, Brian Johnson is a nerd to say the least. Uh, he is in physics and math club, and he is a very self-conscious individual. Um, he tries to diffuse situations that arise between Andrew and uh, and John Bender because they're, you know, butting heads and stuff, and he's like, I don't want these people to fight. Um, he is failing shop, and this is something that affects him a lot because he says in the movie that the reason he took that class was because he thought it would be uh, an easy way to keep his grade point average. And might I say, like, that's that's relatable, um, at least to me, because I took an elective this year because I thought it would be, you know, easy and fun. And it was fun, uh, but I, I really struggled. And that made me a little bit a little bit sad, a little bit upset. Um, because, like, I feel bad about not, not knowing how to do something, even though I had barely started it this year. So, but I don't know, I just, I felt that was relatable. Um, so. But, like, with everything, you know, it takes time to find something that you're good at. And finds time, it takes time to find something that you like to do. Yeah. Um, so this character, uh would be friends with the other crew members after uh, Saturday detention is over. It's something that's very important to him. He feels that he's created a lot of, like, bonds with them. And uh, he also is in Saturday detention because he tried to kill himself. Um... It, it was a very emotionally vulnerable moment, one that was sort of laughed off by the rest of the characters. 
that was something that I found to be very messed up. But they all laugh about their own trauma throughout the course of the movie. So, I mean, maybe it was a directorial decision. You know, maybe it was in the script. So, I don't know. I don't know. Um, our next character is Allison Reynolds. Uh, this young lady is... My favorite character. <laughs> yeah. She is called um, a freak and a, and a weirdo. And she seems a little bit, a little bit odd. Uh, she has, like, long, dark hair. She's wearing a, a black eye, eyeliner. Uh, she's in, like, dark clothes. And she just, she's kind of quiet throughout the movie, for the most part. For at least the first half of the movie, she doesn't really talk. Um, but once she starts to open up to the crew, to her new friends, she reveals that her home life is unsatisfying and that her parents ignore her, which is something that she and Andrew have in common. Uh, they both kind of bond over the fact that their parents don't care about them. And I don't know. I just think that's that's pretty interesting. Um, She's a compulsive liar and... Uh, she is only there because she didn't have anything better to do. Yeah. Um, she also has kind of like a, an interesting view on like living and growing up. Uh, because in the movie she says, when you grow up, your heart dies. She also feels that as you age, you will become more and more like your parents. She claims that it's inevitable. Um, and I feel like a lot a lot of the kids in that group feel the same way. Like, they don't want to be like their parents, but they feel like somehow, like, they're just going to, they're just, <laughs> they're just going to turn into their parents. Um, like that one Geico commercial that's like, you don't have to be your parents. And it's like, all those adults, and they're like, but we can save $2 if we go to the matinee. <laughs> yeah. Um, at the end of the movie, she steals everyone's jackets, which is a really nice touch um, because it's like she wants to keep her friends stuff because she cares about them and, you know, thinks their stuff is cool. So I, I don't know. I just like that. Um, our our final oh, character yeah. is Claire Standish, who comes from money and is more of the goody two shoes character. Uh, she thinks that her parents don't care about her, and she got in trouble for ditching class to go shopping. So I guess really prioritizing things there. <laughs> She's conceited and really enjoys being popular, but at the same time, there's a quote that she says in the movie where she's arguing with some of the other characters who are like, oh, you have it so much better than we do. You know, do you know how it's like to be ignored? And she's like, you don't understand the pressures that being popular can put on you. And she also uses her power charm. and her charm on another character to get him to do their assignment for him, for her. And it's like, that was really messed up. Like, that's just another way that this sort of popular character manipulates others. 
Um, I agree. I think that was a really messed up thing for her to do. But I also feel like it gave Brian a chance to redeem himself. Uh, because throughout the, the movie, you know, he was, he was super sad because he's failing shop. And writing an essay that was that good, like, he, he kisses the paper after he's done with it. And he's so proud of something that he did. I feel like that was good for him. Yeah, it was a cathartic experience. Um, it should also be noted that there's a narration or a sort of monologue thing at both the beginning and the end of the movie, which is later revealed to be the letter that he writes. So I thought that was a good touch. Uh, some more thoughts before we go into our final segment. So uh, this movie is really about breaking down stereotypes. The characters are sort of connected. They're all similar. They all have trauma. They're all sort of misfits except for some of them which are like popular and cool and stuff but you know um some common tropes are the opposites attract trope which i will not get into but it's sort of the the development of various relationships throughout the movie uh, another common trope is saying the movie title throughout the movie or somewhere before the end. In this case, it's at the end of the letter to Mr. Vernon, which is signed off with, sincerely, The Breakfast Club. Alright, now we're going to get into everyone's favorite segment, Twin Talk. Um, for today's segment, we are going to talk about the sexism that is present in... Um, in this movie uh it is it is a core part of john bender as a character that he is so incredibly rude and horrible towards the female characters especially the popular character claire standish uh for some reason he loves to mess with her and be really gross and it's it's really bad it's truthfully it's disgusting i would have slapped him already i mean i don't advocate for violence but yeah. he was a truly despicable a truly disgusting character and some of the moments in the show in the sorry in the movie um really highlight that aspect of his character um i would like to include that because of his comments, because of the comments that he makes towards Claire, um, Andrew Clark, like, threatens him and is like, I'm gonna fight you. Like, he, there's this moment uh, where he's like, if we were not at school, you know, I would, I would waste you. Like, I would, like, I would beat you up. And it was pretty interesting because John Bender's main response to a threat is being like, oh, oh no, you wouldn't, because I'd kill you. And it's like... That was what? a lot. John Bender doesn't really face confrontation very well. He, most of the time, he tries to react before anything happens. And he's, like, very aggressive. Uh, except for people who he's genuinely terrified of, which he sort of 
doesn't do anything about. Yeah. He freezes. Um, so, also in this movie, there was, like, a makeover scene, uh, which I suppose isn't really sexism, but sort of a main part uh, towards the end of the movie was when Allison got a makeover. She went from, you know, being this kind of goth kid to having a sort of Claire-like preppy um, makeup person. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And it was only at that moment that some of the other male characters began to sort of really see her for who she was. Um, and I think they were just attracted to her outward appearance. Like, they like her as a person anyway. But I guess they thought she was, like, super pretty after her makeover. You know, which makes sense. She looks really nice. Um, but I would like to include that even though she got that makeover, it doesn't change who she is as a person. She's still going to be herself. She's going to be authentic just because she looks like different than how she normally looks or how she's looked throughout the movie doesn't mean that she's a different person. And so I'd like to say that although that scene uh, was, you know, like upsetting to Andrea, uh, that it doesn't really change who Allison is. No, it doesn't. It doesn't. Um, also, Also throughout the course of the movie, as we've said before, John Bender makes various sexist remarks, but another thing that he does is say slurs. He sort of throws them around like they're his only lifeline, and I it's a defense mechanism, but uh, one such particular slur, which I will definitely not say, it's really bad, um... He sort of has it written on his locker. He tells it to other characters. And that's not cool. It's it's definitely not cool to say slurs. <laughs> I don't even know why. Uh, I don't even know why someone would think that that was okay. Well, but it, I suppose it was uh, adequate for the time period. Yes. Uh, But nowadays, that would not fly at all. And it's just sort of said kind of nonchalantly. Like, all of it, they're meant to be insults. It's meant to be an insult. And it's said with, like, disdain towards other characters. Um, But it's just kind of normal for this movie, I guess. And it's it's problematic uh, nowadays. But it was was normal uh, given the time period. A couple of other uh, pointers, points, before before we conclude our segment and this podcast episode is the hidden Hispanic. Uh, so that's a term that Alejandra and I use to describe, to describe, I'm sorry, not describe, <laughs> to describe a character or a an actor who is Hispanic, but is either not very outwardly or it's sort of not an integral part of their character. So today's hidden Hispanic is Emilio Estevez. I love him. So Emilio Estevez is one of our top favorite actors. 
He was in a couple of movies that we really know and that we love. Um, he is Hispanic. His character had, uh, his character was not Hispanic that we know of. And I don't know. I, I really like him. I think he's a good actor. He hasn't really changed his name. And I think he's the same actor from that show, The Mighty Ducks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, I'm excited about that. Yeah. Um, some other topics include neurodivergency, which is seen in the way that sort of some of the main characters are seen as weird. They don't really talk. They would rather they feel more comfortable making noises instead of speaking. I mean, they get their point across. So, yeah. uh, um, and our final topic is personal trauma throughout this movie. Uh, it's revealed that each of the characters is negatively affected by some sort of trauma in their daily lives. It's something that's touched upon in the movie. It, they, they don't really take it lightly, but it's also lightened, lightened with some sort of comedic value. And I think part of the reason it's part of the reason why this movie was so successful. I mean, it showed characters who weren't exactly well adjusted, but, you know, th- throughout something in common, even if it's something that affects you, you know, negatively, negatively, you can still sort of maintain a normal friend groups and you know it's something that doesn't have to be hidden yeah i also i'd like to add on uh i really like that that is like a core part of this movie like throughout the movie they talk about you know their home life and uh the trauma that they face and it kind of normalizes talking about your issues like how they, that group of children, they are each other's support system. And so that's something that I really liked about this movie. I really enjoyed that. So that is the conclusion of our fourth episode, our 80, 1980s episode. Signing off, we're Andrea and Alejandra Alvarado. <laughs> Until next time. Bye, guys. Listening.